Welcome to Explore the Word podcast. I hope you're having a wonderful summer's day. We're going to continue in our survey of the Old Testament, and today we're looking at the book of Proverbs. In the Hebrew tongue, the Proverbs of Psalm means the analogies or sentences of Solomon. An Englishman once said of the Proverbs, short sentences drawn from long experiences. That is a wonderful description. The book of Proverbs was not written by one writer, though. Solomon was the author and collector of a lot of it. Um, Chapter 1, verse 1 says, The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of of David, king of Israel. Um, Others ones were collected by men of Hezekiah. Um, Agur was an author of chapter 30, of which we don't know nothing about that guy. And King Lemuel was the author of chapter 31, recording the counsel of his mother. His identity also is unknown, but some see him as Arabian prince. We really don't know, and it really doesn't matter. It's a great chapter. All the chapters are great. Uh, The book concluded at the um, end of chapter 24, prior to the time of Hezekiah. Uh, And Hezekiah and his scribes, uh, and thought to be Isaiah and Micah, uh, collected the additional Proverbs of Solomon in chapter 25 to 29 and put them all together. The day of the writing is between 950 and 700 BC. There's always going to be critics of the Word of God. like that. That's just going to go without saying. And so the liberal critics date Proverbs much later, but there's no valid reason to it, just to the idea that they reject it because that's what you say. Um, so there's no reason to... Uh, reject the traditional view that Solomon um, gathered or wrote um, chapters 1 to 24, uh, 950 in the middle of his reign, and then from 75 or 725 to 700 BC, the latter chapters are written and compiled. And Proverbs is definitely wisdom literature. If you're going to read anything that's described as wisdom literature, Solomon, the book of Proverbs, is it. And why not? Solomon is the wisest man that ever ever has lived. No one else has come close. Individuals from all over that known world at that time came to listen, just to listen to him and to learn from him. It is said that he had spoken 3,000 Proverbs in many fields of science, and many more uh, than the 800 included in the book of Proverbs. So, I mean, incredible wisdom. The religious setting of the two compilers, Solomon and Ezekiel, suggests the Proverbs came out of time of spiritual concern or of revival. Solomon's early reign was characteristic, characterized, I should say, by spiritual dedication. I mean, that was a big part of his early reign with Solomon, building the temple, dedicating it to to the Lord. And then during Hezekiah's time, it was a reawakening uh, in Judah after great idolatry that had just run rampant in Judah for decades and decades. Uh, So it's a time of revival. The book is not merely practical wisdom to enjoy the good life, but wisdom to live life in the fear of the Lord. The terms righteous and righteousness are used over 40 times in Proverbs, more than any other book except for Psalms. Hezekiah might well have uh, stressed the the proverb to his people that righteous 
Darkness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. So the the purpose of the book, you could say it's twofold, it, and it's stated in chapter one, verses two and four. To know wisdom, to, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment and equity, to give subtly to the simple, to the young men, knowledge and discretion to teach and highlight the great benefits uh, that occur to all of life by a disciplined mind and a God-oriented way of life and to warn of great dangers that will come to pass by following the urges, desires of the lower nature, the flesh nature. Okay, So there's some unique contributions in the book of Proverbs. Wisdom is identified. Wisdom has many forms. The book of Proverbs uses three terms for wisdom to distinguish uh, it from different aspects of wisdom. So first of all, it's actually the word wisdom. It's used uh, 47 times. And I just mentioned one of those verses that it's mentioned in. This term speaks of a moral discernment between good and evil, right and wrong. And it also applies to uh, secular diligence, uh, rightness in business matters. And then another one that's used in reference to wisdom is understanding. That's used 53 times in the Proverbs. And again, it was used in that very first one I just read for you, chapter 1, verse 2. This means an intelligence, an intellectual ability to discern between truth and error or between reality and fake, sham, you know, whatever term you want to use for fake. It's ability to objectively perceive long-range values as opposed to the moment, the attractions of the moment, and what I can do right now in ordering one's life, like getting in the right perspective. Sound wisdom. That's only used three times. Chapter 2, verse 7, chapter 3, 21, and chapter 8, verse 14. Coming from the root to evaluate, oh sorry, elevate. This term means a divine or spiritual insight into truth. So you have this insight because you're plugged into the power, you're plugged into the word of God. And developing a an acquaintance, and I hate to use the word acquaintance, that's not good enough, but a, an ongoing relationship, it, it, it has longevity. It's the ability to view life from the divine perspective and then to put those biblical principles into everyday practice. That's the idea of sound wisdom. Wisdom in Proverbs is not merely street smarts, but intellectual wisdom or, or genius, but practical wisdom emphasizing the virtues of hard work, good manners, a disciplined life. I think all of us who are listening right now have seen the results of people who will not do those things. And then we have seen people who have, and we know who is wiser. We know the person who works hard, good manners and disciplined life have much more to offer in the realm of wisdom than those who don't. Uh, and it gives us uh, clues for recognizing fools as well. That's a contribution of Proverbs. In contrast to wisdom, there is a great number of fools noted in Proverbs. 
the simple ones is used uh, 14 times in the scripture. And uh, it's something that we need to watch out for uh, in our own lives. Um, the, this person is naive, one who's rather innocent, but gullible. There's nothing wrong with being innocent, but the idea of being gullible and easily led and just like having a lack of understanding, that, that, that's what's implied here. Uh, he or she is morally naive, easy prey for the hustler, for the deceiver, and is, and is in need of instruction to watch out, to avoid the pitfalls of life that will leave a lasting impact, impression in their lives. Now the word fool is used 58 times. The fool uh, is a rejecter of truth. They despise wisdom. They hate knowledge. And they find evil way more enjoyable for sport, for activity, that this is a fool. You and I have met a lot of people like that in our day and age. Just finding evil enjoyable is, is, is a massive tsunami wave in our society today so there is fools around the scorner is the third one is found in 10 times in scripture or in proverbs the scorner the scoffer is a deliberate troublemaker so it's not an accident when they bring trouble it's not by accident and they and i'm referring more to righteousness they scoff it they they Make light of it. Oh, you go to church. Why do you do that? You know, that, that's the idea. You don't need God. God is not going to take care of you. And and he, and it, he the scoffer, he or she, the scorner, you know, they, they push back against any kind of correction to godliness. And, and it seems in Scripture that the simple ones become fools and the fools become scorners. It seems to be a bit of a progression that we can see traced. So, uh, we need to watch out. Uh, and actually, the three of them are introduced and described in chapter 1, verse 22. How long, ye simple ones, will you love sim- simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorn, and the, foolers, the fools hate knowledge. Now, they're all three are mentioned in one verse. Building godly personalities for eternity is another part of Proverbs. This book is a gold mine. Of maxims and principles for practical godly living. I love. I'm. I am so into practical. I am. That's the way I'm wired. And this book is that. This is what it is. I mean, this is everyday living. Okay, and the thrust is to help us to grow personality that will bring honor and glory to God. That that that's a major thrust of this book. And on top of that, I mean, and it goes along with this, is there's a lot of ethical topics of Proverbs. It, it's, it's a great source for a wide number of ethical things. And it's certainly vital. It was vital in the days that Solomon wrote it, and it's vital in our day. Okay? You just, there's lots of people who say the Bible is old. You don't need it anymore. Like, this book of Proverbs is a massive need today. Uh, I'm just going to mention a couple of them. There's no way I'm going to be able to mention them all because there's just too many of them. Bad company and its effects. 
Proverbs 13.20, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Boy, we, we need to proclaim that on the mountaintop. Okay. Contention. Proverbs 10.12, Hatred stirs up strife, but love covereth all things. Listen, you've got hatred in your heart, it's going to bring contention. That's what the idea of strife is. Uh, the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 9.10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the holy is understanding. So you want to be you want to be wise? First step, fear the Lord. The value of good character. Oh my. Proverbs 22, 1. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and good loving favor rather than silver and gold. Uh, we we should be serious about good character. We should. And it's a principle we see in it's an ethical thing as well. Pride and its dangers, Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. And the last one is lying and deceit. Proverbs 26, 28. A lying tongue hateth those that are affected by it, and a flattering mouth worketh ruin. So those last two, obviously, as Christians, we shouldn't do. We need to watch out for them and make sure they're a part of who we are and know the dangers of them. I would encourage you, as a listener, to take time and to explore this massively practical book. I know people who read through Proverbs every month. I can't say I do that, but I do read through it numerous times throughout the year. Uh, some people read a chapter every day of Proverbs. And there's so much there for you. And I would encourage you to get to know it. And thank you for listening. Have a great day and keep exploring the word.